Welcome to The Advertising Show, America's only radio program focusing on advertising, media, marketing, product development, branding, new media, sales and customer relations. Stay with us for entertaining marketing discussion and our special guest interview. Now, here are your hosts, Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. That's the Advertising Show being brought to you by Advertising Age magazine. You can visit online at adage.com. Advertising Show, a big radio midgets production, and a very special guest today. His name is David Jones, and he is a Global Chief Executive Officer, Euro RSCG Worldwide. A little bit of a, a large company, and they've got some clients that you may have heard of as well. Now, David, uh, actually, all the way from, uh, is David in Paris? Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. that's, okay. that's Paris, France, not Texas. Yeah, Paris, Texas. Yeah. That ain't too far from here, uh, but Paris, France is. So we're looking forward to talking with David this hour and next hour. And no, at no point in today's show will we call him Davy Jones because we don't want you to be confused, okay? Even though he does have a bit of a British accent. So anyway. That's no, it. he's probably never heard that before, too, because, you know, Lee, uh, one of our producers here at our flagship, mm-hmm. hit him with that, you know, Davy Jones line, and he went like this. Oh, I've never heard that before. <laughs> yeah, right. Like he has it. I bet he has. <laughs> yeah. I bet he has. So David's going to be with us. We've got uh, Patrick Meyer and Joe Jaffe. Uh, Patrick is with us here in just a few moments. Jeffrey Gittimer, too. Uh, Andy Borowitz. Um, let's see. Who else? We've got the Wacky World of Marketing. And, uh, of course, a little bit later on this hour, it'll be our uh, advertising feature because this week it, it just isn't good news. It's bad news. Mm-hmm. So that's the way it goes. So what's cooking with you? Well, later I'm going to do a, uh, a movie review on uh, Brokeback Mountain, which I'm sure you've heard about. Did you hear about it? No, well, I've heard about it, yeah. What's... Yeah. Well, we're just going to talk about it. I, uh, uh, Gene Shallot on the Today Show earlier last week. Gene uh, Shallot came back. He's upset about it. He's very upset about Is it. Is he really? Yeah. And we'll talk about that uh, later in the hour. But, you know, you being the uh, resident golfer, Ray, I wanted to get your take on this. Puma today, okay. uh, not today, but recently uh, announced a four-year agreement with professional golfer Jeff Ogilvie. Okay. And uh, you know Jeff, I would assume. Yes. Yeah. To commence in 06, Ogilvy will be wearing uh, Puma golf wear and apparel on the PGA Tour. He will debut this uh, new look at the Mercedes Championship in Maui, which I guess is going on right now. And part of the agreement, which I like, uh, is that Ogilvy will both uh, will also star in print and uh, and TV campaigns for uh, Puma starting in March. But my question to you is, if a player where's the stuff mm-hmm. does that sway you i mean does that make you want to go out and buy it no i still have to like it uh but uh it's nice that they put it out there with the players yeah. absolutely but i mean you know of course everyone knows and i'm not even a, a golfer and i like to say i like it that way but mm-hmm. uh tiger woods nike everybody nike, knows that exactly. but when you get into these peripheral players these fringe players i could probably name a player and you'd be saying and i'd say okay what do they wear and you would say hmm Mm-hmm. I mean, do you, is there a close association only with the top players? Yeah, there's only a close association with the top players. But for years, that has been uh, the way it is. Uh, what was it? Uh, the Penguin one. Which which one was that? It'd be Munsingware? Uh, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, it, had, it had a Penguin on it. You know, a lot of golfers wore that back then. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of golfers wear, for instance, uh, uh, Tom Watson wears polo. Mm-hmm. So I guess in a roundabout way, it, it does make an impression on a, on a participant. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, or a, you know somebody that knows about golf, it's kind of golfing's version of NASCAR, but Something instead like of that. having it on the hood, you I like it, it that way. Thank yeah, you very much. Right. <laughs> no, it's I guess a good idea. Well, you, you need some uh, uh, some exposure, and you get with the right 
uh, get with the right golfer that hopefully is in the top, you know, five or so. They're going to get all kinds of TV exposure. And TV time, exactly right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, we talked about before about the guy who doesn't play Cleveland golf clubs, uh, Vijay Singh. He doesn't play Cleveland golf clubs. But yet he's a spokesman. For but he's a spokesperson. Yeah. yeah. Go figure. Hmm. I don't, I don't Somebody, know. There's a lawsuit happening there, isn't there? <laughs> Should be. I didn't say anything. It's kind of like when uh, <laughs> Britney Spears got caught drinking a Coke and she was a spokesperson for Pepsi. I know. Thank you, BBDO, but, uh, you know, using the celebs. But you gotta you got to make them sign stuff, which she did, sure. to say you're only going to consume that product. But then you got to hopefully deal with somebody that's got a half a brain that knows that you got you can't be out in public you drinking the compete, competing product. Yeah. You would think that. Yeah. yeah. If you're a Budweiser spokesperson, you certainly wouldn't uh, be wearing a, what, something like a Miller Lite or something. Thank like you, that. Ed McMahon. Yeah. And speaking of Budweiser, yeah, we got to do this. So Patrick Meyer here in just a minute. Uh, uh, what, what's his name? Lou Rawls just passed away. He was no the kidding. spokesperson for. I didn't for, hear that. Yeah, he had. Uh, I think he had cancer. Wow. So he passed away. I think on Friday. If I'm what not a mistaken. great voice. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's good stuff. But let's uh, check in with Patrick Meyer here on the advertising show. Welcome to Understanding the Future Now. It's the Marketing Insider featuring Patrick Meyer. Today I'm going to talk to you about something that's so simple but may make you scream with delight. It's called Naughty is Nice. Yankelovich recently reported that one of the key insights was willful disobedience. 73% of consumers feel empowered to break the rules. To break the rules a bit. They want to break the rules having more fun. They want to break the rules in how they shop. They want to break the rules in terms of what they get from brands. Things that they're doing that surprise and delight them. Things that are brought their way by brands that are their favorites. Think about Target. Target breaks the rules constantly. They aren't like Walmart. They have more fun. They have more personality. And they bring them something special and unique. So what I want you to do is to take your ad campaign, your media plan, your marketing plan, everything you do, and put it through a naughty as nice filter. Do you have a little bit of playfulness in what you're doing? Do you make the consumer smile? Are you bringing out things that would cause them to talk about your brand? Look across your whole set of plans and systematically try and find a couple things over a 12-month period that are a little bit naughtier than everybody else that's in the category. You've been listening to The Marketing Insider, heard every week here on The Advertising Show. Join us next week for more insight into the future of marketing. I'm Patrick Meyer, and remember, the marketing revolution is now. Always good stuff from Patrick Meyer on the Advertising Show. Just about to join in conversation with David Jones, Global Chief Executive Officer, Euro RSCG Worldwide out of uh, Paris, France, uh, this weekend. So we're glad that uh, he's taken the time out of the weekend to uh, to do that. And and how many hours? Uh, well, it's, they, uh, it's around midnight there, I think. We'll check with him, but he's he's doing uh, uh, yeoman's duty here and staying okay. up late, and I don't know what... Uh, he's watching Johnny Carson. Well, he had some oh, wait, uh, supplements, over. and I don't know what they were that were going to help him stay up late. I think <laughs> I don't know what form that was coming in, but... I, I hope we don't know that either. We might ask him about that. That would be interesting. Wendy's is going back to something that uh, they've done before. Dave. Uh, well, not Dave, because no. Dave's out of the picture. Well, well he's true. gone. Yeah. Have a nice day. Sorry. As the new year is underway, consumers have spent uh, whole bunches of money during the holidays are watching their pennies. Well, that's a good idea. Uh, it's a good idea all the time, actually. Fast food campaigns usually step up uh, their their voice for lower-priced menu items in January, uh, spending more to attract consumers to spend less. Hmm. Okay, that makes sense, right? Already, 06 is a banner year for so-called value menus, typically those priced at 99 cents or a dollar. You said you were hungry earlier, mm-hmm, right? right? You guys are hungry? Mm. Good. Um, Wendy's is uh, restoring a super value menu. It's offered since 1989 
by undoing uh, changes that took effect last June. Those include raising the prices of some of the products like a junior bacon cheeseburger from a buck twenty-nine to uh, a two a dollar twenty-nine from ninety-nine cents. Uh, let's see. Yeah. So what are you doing? Pissing everybody off that uh, paid the higher price okay. last year. Yeah, go figure. I'm upset. I don't know. They're, they've got commercials on the air as well. So, And they're not alone. There's a whole bunch of other stuff going on like that, too. Uh, Burger King is doing it. Uh, who else here? Uh, Crispin Porter is working on that. For Burger King, so, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. You know, I, I actually had a Wendy's. What is it, a Big Mac? No, well, no, that would be McDonald's. McDonald's? No, yeah, yeah McDonald's Big Mac. Mm-hmm. It was actually pretty doggone yeah. good. <laughs> Every once in a while, doesn't hurt. I was going to mention there's something in the corner. You're... I'll get that later right yeah. after the break. Yeah. David Jones is coming up in just a minute here with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth on the Advertising Show. Stay with us. Make your advertising dollars work smarter. You're listening to The Advertising Show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth. Snap, what a happy sound. Snap is the happiest sound I've found. You may clap, rap, clap, clap, but snap makes the world go round. Snap, crackle, rice krispies. And if Brad put his bowl aside, it's time to interview a very special guest today. David Jones, who is a Global Chief Executive Officer, Euro RSCG Worldwide. On their uh, on their webpage, Brad, it says, Today, marketers need more than good advertising and promotion. Marketers need ideas that apply creativity to their business strategy in new ways to drive profitable growth. That's smart. Yeah. We call these ideas creative business ideas. They transform the product, the brand, the company, and sometimes even the business itself. That's what good advertising really does. And they've got some great clients to let them do that as well. So we welcome uh, from uh, all the way from Paris, France, my goodness, uh, David Jones. Welcome to the Advertising Show. It's good to have you here, David. Thank you, guys. It's good to be here. Well, we, we're honored that uh, to get the global CEO of Euro or CG Worldwide on the show. And uh, i got to tell you, David, it's uh, such an honor to have you all the way from Paris, France. What, do, can we get the time straight for everyone? What, what are you, around midnight there? It's about 20 past 11 at night. 20 past 11. Oh. But I've, ju- I've just landed from uh, Sydney in Australia, so I'm not quite sure what time zone I'm on. <laughs> yes, well, okay. and, and that accent, would that accent put you back in Australia? Uh, no, it's kind of a bit of a mishmash, having lived in the different places I've lived in, but it's originally British. Oh, okay. Well, we need to be give credit where credit will do. You know, right here I we... I was going to say Cleveland, Brad, but, Cle- you know, I was off. <laughs> I don't know. Well, uh, and you were... Uh, let, let's jump into something here that I think a lot of people are, are inundated right now with uh, new new world. It's a new year. Everybody who's trying to make changes in their life. And i got to believe that, that right now during our New Year's resolution stage that we've created a, a, a brief yet lucrative time period for marketers to capitalize on consumers' uh, renewed commitments to a variety of subjects. I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about that, David. Um, yeah, I mean, I think the – and if I look at my own experience personally, I think what happens uh, when we get into the, the um, holiday excesses is we all kind of come running back in uh, in January convinced and committed to a, a huge diet program, getting to the gym. I actually went to the gym um, this morning for the first time in about six months and have convinced myself I'll be doing that every day for the next 365 days. Good for you, David. <laughs> Sorry? Good for you. Yeah, I think it's highly <laughs> unlikely that I'll actually make uh, make it more than three or four times. But, but you know, oh. so I, I think there's a huge kind of focus on um, 
what we eat, what we put into our bodies, uh, um, um, products and things that can try and help us all get back into shape. And I think that happens uh, every January. There's a massive interest from consumers in that. You know, and, and yes, and we see it uh, every day if you watch any television or, or listen to the radio or, or consume any traditional media. There's a lot that uh, focus a very large percentage of their marketing dollars within the first uh, few months of, the, of every new year. You know, let's let's talk a little bit about David Jones. Uh, you've been credited with bringing in more than a half a billion dollars. That's $500 million in new business uh, to Euro in a short period of time. So for any of your competitors that may be listening, I'm curious if you could share your secret for new business <laughs> development. <laughs> um, it, it's actually very, very easy. What you need is a brilliant team of people, and then you just wander around taking the credit for it. <laughs> well, uh, that's Ray and my's philosophy, so it's working for you for too, I guess, Dave. But in, absolutely. But I, I mean, I think, you know, the, the, the serious point in that is I think that what, you know, what clients are looking for more and more today are, you know, in a world where um, the real challenge is growth and where is where is revenue growth and sales growth going to come from and depending upon the category you may be looking to grow two, five, ten, fifteen percent. Um, I think clients, you know, more than ever today, are very focused on creative ideas that can help deliver that growth. So I think, you know, the first—that's the first thing they're looking for. And I think the second thing they're looking for is um, smart teams of people they want to work with, and who they believe can be, you know, very valuable business partners. And I think if I look at, um, you know, the success. Uh, that we've managed to deliver in, particularly out of the New York agency in the last 12 months. That's really been what it's founded on. It's, you know, uh, you know, a great team of people and delivering some ideas that uh, we sort of believed passionately in. Unfortunately, the clients who presented them to believed in them as well. You know, uh, speaking of New York, uh, I think it would be fair to say that uh, Euro RSCG is a, a powerhouse in, in France, and, and yet maybe – uh, you tell me if it's a fair characterization to say maybe not as strong or perceived as, as strong in the U.K. and uh, the U.S. for that matter. If you were to believe Holly Sanders, columnist of the New York Post, she suggests that uh, Euro is perceived as a second-tier player, and it's not often you get a chance to react to maybe criticism in that regard. I'd like for you to talk a little bit, David, about uh, your growth and, and reestablishing or, or getting established in the U.K. and the U.S. for that matter. Sure. I mean, you know, I think it's that. I mean, to the the absolute reality is a perception one rather than than an actual reality. I mean, um, it's true. We're amazingly strong in France. I mean, we're um, the biggest agency in France by a long shot. Um, last year, we actually grew uh, in France by the size of Saatchi and Saatchi, and it's a real powerhouse. And I think that gives us a you know a very strong identity in France and in Europe. I mean, we're actually the number one, the largest advertising agency network in Europe. Um, but I think if you look at the States, I mean, the issue more is about the EuroCG brand, because if you take our clients, um, you know, they are incredibly well-known and incredibly famous and incredibly successful brands and businesses. And I think um, part of the, the thing we just need to do is make sure that people realize who is doing that advertising and communication. Um, but, you know, in the U.S., we're the fourth largest advertising agency group in North America, um, you know, growing and doing very well. So I think the the, the thing that's exciting for me, because I obviously took over about eight months ago, seven months ago as the global CEO, is that, you know, the reality of what we have is, is truly terrific. Um, and the perception is it's not as well known. And I think that, you know, it's a much better space to be in. And I think one of the reasons that we've been able to win, you know, so much new business, bringing in the the Jaguars and the Charles Schwabs and the, you know, Howard Stern on uh, on Sirius and 
um, Dossikis from Heineken, uh, you know, more recently Verizon's business is, is, is because actually the reality of what we have is fantastic and you actually go in with an advantage because, you know, you are less well known and therefore it's much easier, um, to go from a position where you're, where you're less well known to being really impressive. Whereas if you walk in with people expecting you to be brilliant, you can only go one way. Well, you know, with a, uh, an organization of 118 offices, 42, co- represented in 42 countries, URSCG certainly is, uh. Actually, we've got two, 233 offices. Well, see, we grew just right here on the show. <laughs> can you believe that? But you know, you mentioned, and we're gonna, we're gonna wrap it up here, but you mentioned Verizon, Heineken, and Jag. Those are three outstanding brands. I would not suggest mixing all three of those at once, but certainly great brands. <laughs> that probably wouldn't be a good idea. No, probably not. We, uh, we have our special guest, uh, David Jones who is the Global Chief Executive Officer, Euro RSCG Worldwide, out of Paris, for live with us here on the Advertising Show. I want to ask, too, about, uh, you know, considering my interest in aviation, about uh, the new Airbus uh, A380. That's, a, that's a, hot, uh, a hot airplane, and it's a winner as far as that goes as well. So we'll get a chance to, uh, to talk with David uh, in the next segment about that. Still to come this hour, a little bit later on, it's bad advertising and a whole bunch more as we continue on the Advertising Show. I want to remind you, too, uh, one of the uh, folks behind the scenes at the Advertising Advertising show that really drives a lot of activity on the website is uh, uh, Shipple, Ed Shipple and his team here in the Houston market, and it's Shipple.com. I'll spell it for you, S-C-H-I-P-U-L.com. They've got a really cool tool that uh, you might find uh, very useful for your web marketing. It's called Tendency. It's spelled with an I, so go to Shipple.com to find out more about that. We'll continue here on the Advertising Show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth and David Jones in just a moment. Quick Takes on Sales and Customer Relations with Jeffrey Gittimer, nationally syndicated columnist in the network of city business journals and other great publications worldwide. If you're offended by common sense commentary, don't you dare listen. Now, here's Jeffrey. Regardless of your selling circumstance, regardless of your success to this point in time, regardless of your company, regardless of your boss, you have a responsibility to yourself to achieve achieve a level of success that you set for yourself. There's not a quota. Quotas to me are a bunch of crap set by management who couldn't go out and meet those quotas themselves if their lives depended on it. If you're a great salesperson, you should meet your quota in the first two weeks of the month and begin to bank real money in the last two weeks of the month. You should have your manager coming up to you to find out, hey, how do you do it? You should have the president of the company calling you on the phone congratulating you on your successes. But let me give you a big clue. The only way this is going to happen is with self-inspiration, not self-motivation, self-inspiration, self-determination, and hard work that starts before everybody else gets up and after everybody else has gone to sleep. Quick takes on sales and customer relations from The Advertising Show, the only radio show in America featuring Jeffrey Gittimer as a regular weekly guest. To learn more about his books, tapes, CDs, and speaking engagements, log on to Gittimer.com, G-I-T-O-M-E-R.com. And tune in next week when we'll hear Jeffrey say, This is Jeffrey Gittimer reminding you that if no one responds to your ad, it may be because your ad sucks. You're listening to The Advertising Show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth.
Men have showered me with gifts for years and years. I have chocolates and toilet water coming out my ears. But today I met my man of men. I met my king of hearts at Murray's Discount Auto Stores, where he showed me all his parts. Well, you can't Hi, do that. I think that's against the law. This is Murray's Stop Discount it. Auto Stores. Stop it. That's a Chuck Bloor uh, creative. Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth on the Advertising Show. By the way, go to theadvertisingshow.com if you want to find out some really cool stuff about uh, some of the guests that we've had on, actually all of the guests that we've had on, RSS feeds and uh, podcasts as well. It's pretty high-tech stuff, if you know what I'm saying. So David Jones is live uh, here on the Advertising Show with us from uh, Paris, uh, Global Chief Executive Officer, Euro RS CG Worldwide. And, uh, David, I had a question for you here real quick. Uh, uh, sure. You know, uh, I'm, I'm a private pilot. I would give my left arm. No, wouldn't do that. Something to uh, fly one of those A380s that you guys have marketed for them. And that is a very, very, very uh, successful campaign uh, for the for the Airbus A380. Talk a little bit about that, what uh, what you guys did with, with that account. Well, I mean, I think it, it, it was a very interesting challenge because when we actually started um, – advertising the products um, it didn't exist and basically what you had to do is create demand both um, at a kind of uh, at a business level or sort of consumer level for a product that didn't exist so we actually in, mocked up and created um, Airbus planes and created an entire campaign around them as if they actually already were in the market um, but clearly they weren't and it, it created a lot of buzz and a lot of excitement around it but I think it's also uh, it's also a terrific product um, and you know as with ever I always say in advertising the the wise cockerel knows that their job is to wake up the farmyard animals um, <laughs> and I think uh, you know it's it, it's exactly the case of this it really is a fantastic product well the television campaign did it says it's uh, what it needed to do it's apparently positioning a, a big success. It helped generate the necessary 50 orders. And keep in mind, Brad, uh, these are $230 million airplanes, I think. Is that right? Yes. Uh, 50 orders to launch the aircraft commercially and only five months after the campaign launched. So can't you, wouldn't you just love to be able to go to the, to the meeting? Well, I don't know if my advertising worked or not. <laughs> it, uh, and the, the truth of the matter is it did. And Boeing has still not received a single order for its 747X stretch. Well, I thought it was interesting. What a shame. Yeah, I yeah. thought it was interesting that uh, David Jones came up with a coupon uh, idea for the buy new. one get one free. Buy one get one free. Yeah. Yeah. Well, as well. Yeah, that works. And, and it was, you know, it, it wasn't uh, it wasn't that great of a uh, a promotion because it had a disclaimer on it, uh, <laughs> and the disclaimer was uh, must buy five to, uh, to apply the one for free. So it was good. No, you know, you mentioned uh, David last segment about uh, several of your clients, Heineken and, and uh, Verizon, being a few, and, and Jaguar. Jaguar, uh, I guess last March, uh, a key acquisition for you guys. A hundred million dollar uh, account. Uh, first of all, I'm curious. How did you overcome the apparent conflict of handling two car accounts within the same agency? The fact that Euro handles uh, Volvo as well. Well, I mean, Volvo and both Volvo and Jaguar are part of um, the Premier Automotive Group, which is Ford's um, premium brand. So, whilst um, on one level you could say you know, they are in a, uh, competing brands, in reality they're actually part of exactly the same stable. Um, and I think one of the, you know we work with Volvo now for 14 years um, and have had a fantastic and very successful partnership with them. Um, you know, Volvo had their record ever sales year. Um, last year globally and in North America and I think you know hopefully part of the job that we managed to do for Volvo was one of the key factors that actually got us onto the consideration list for 
for the Jaguar pitch when they put their business up for review um, at the start of last year. Last year, as it now is, it seems seems only a couple of months ago, but it's actually 12 months ago. Um, so I think you know that that was an important factor in it. And rather than actually being an issue and a problem, it was it was actually the reason that we were actually put on the the pitch list in the first place. And then obviously from then on, there was a a pretty competitive pitch against uh, five or six other agencies who were very keen to win as well. But uh, you know, so uh, whilst uh, you could say a perceptual conflict in reality, they're exactly part of the same family and two brands within the same stable. Well, I'm sure Crispin Porter would love to have that same philosophy working for them for uh, Mini and BMW, the fact that they took a run at the BMW account. And, and, you know, that philosophy just happens to work to your favor, I guess, with Ford. And, uh, you know, I guess the obvious question, David, is do you drive a Volvo or a Jack? Well, the the answer to that is I currently drive nothing, um, and I'm I'm in the middle of having a little debate with my wife about what we get because it's either going to be a Volvo XC90 or the new Jaguar XK, um, and I, I guess the the solution may be to go for both. But I'm currently arguing to her that given that our kids are both under two years old, they don't have legs, so we actually don't need a back seat, so that we'll be fine in the Jaguar XK. <laughs> wow. That's what for the, for the next 12, 18 months, and then we can get the, the Volvo XC90. But to be honest, it's um, they're both amazing cars, so it's not exactly a bad choice. Yeah, well, I'd say go with the Jag too. Uh, yeah, my so. comment is, is that's why God created the two car garage. So you know, you you need to keep both of these clients happy. You know, we've got uh, Mr. Ford on line three, and he said you need both. So <laughs> yeah, you t- take that for whatever it's worth. We have a little less than a minute left here. Yeah, uh, that's Doug? exactly right. Yeah, yeah 30, thirty seconds. Well, in thirty seconds, I can't really ask more about the Jag because uh, there's just not enough time, and we're going to hold that till next hour but you you guys have created a a fashion icon of sorts with the the new jag campaign and i'd like to next hour talk about the the strategy behind that uh, interesting positioning that you guys uh, came up with for jaguar because it certainly is unusual sure i'd love to and uh, we'll uh, we'll keep you around for that time too. David Jones is global chief executive officer, Euro RSCG Worldwide, and uh, he's uh, joining us this hour and next hour as well. So, uh, and, and Brad, he says it right, by the way. Jaguar. Jaguar. Yeah. We like that. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> that's very good, David. We'll be back in uh, just a minute with more a little bit later on this hour. It's uh, advertising and a whole bunch more to come too with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsythe on the advertising show. Make informed decisions about your company's advertising strategy. This is The Advertising Show. Yes, we are a clean show, no doubt about it. The Advertising Show, Ray Shillings, Brian Forsyth. We'll be uh, bringing David back on next hour for a couple of segments. He's uh, Global Chief Executive Officer, Euro RSCG Worldwide out of Paris. And, uh, we again, this is a live show. And consequently, David is just about to happen into tomorrow, Monday, mm-hmm. right. <laughs> with us. It's almost like last year, last week with uh, New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. Yeah. Anyway, so we're going to have him go online and see if he can't get the lottery numbers for tomorrow, oh, and then fill yeah. one out tonight okay. and see if we can win. Hey, by the way, I don't know if you knew this. Uh, results at Hialeah. <laughs> yes, a Sirius Satellite Radio. This is a strange uh, uh, marrying of two companies, Sirius Satellite Radio and Playboy Enterprises. Yeah 
have launched uh, or have reached, I should say, an agreement to launch a new 24-hour-a-day, seven-day-a-week Playboy radio channel in 06. The agreement with Sirius will leverage Playboy's vast array of of entertainment assets and introduce listeners to the next generation of Playboy. Next generation of Playboy radio. So what it's going to be, it's going to be more like this. Did you hear the body on that Playboy model? (laughs) Wow. What kind of, uh, I mean, who knows? Hesitate to use the word assets. (laughs) Well, you just did. What kind of those things do they use? Do they have? Oh, I don't know. It's going to make, it's going to make people now refer to radio as the boob tube. Exactly. (laughs) Can you say that on the radio? No. In the way that we do. You probably can. Yeah, Yeah, sure. Right. That's real interesting. uh, You know, come on. We need Playboy on the radio. That's kind of like, what is that? That's like having a cooking show on the radio. True. True. Maybe you can combine the two. Well, they have one here at the station, though. I, I understand. Playboy bunnies that are cooking. <laughs> exactly. Excuse me, you got a little something uh, dripping there. That would be uh, that would be from interesting. your chin. Yes, exactly. Uh-huh. The, uh huh. speaking of food, uh, the Texas Longhorns uh, had a they played football this past week, Rose Bowl, and uh, right. they had a good game. I would say, and they didn't leave anything to the imagination. They basically played it up until the last what thirteen seconds. It yeah. was, I think, it was heck of a game, wasn't it? Unbelievable! Yeah. People are going crazy for uh, for uh, you know Texas. Vince Young is a hot to trot guy. We could talk sports here, I suppose, as well. Do right. you think Vince Young is going to go pro? What do you guys think? No, mm. you don't think so. Do you think so? Absolutely. He okay, will be. so we're divided yes. on that one. Okay. Uh, he and he and Bush both will be going pro this year. George? Well, his. his <laughs> The other bush. I see. Yeah. Okay. But, uh, so it was a great game. But now what's happening is the uh, Texas Longhorns are going to be on a Wheaties box. That's going to be a collector's That's item. going to be a very big box. Yes, it is. Well, yeah, but you, you can eat a lot of Wheaties. The uh, national champion, the Texas Longhorns, getting their, going to get their Wheaties. Uh, General Mills said it will produce a commemorative box to mark the Longhorns' 41-38 win. Featuring uh, Texas coach uh, Mac Brown and the uh, Texas Longhorns helmet on the front. Interesting. It's not going to be Vince Young. It's going to be uh, Mac Brown oh, and the helmet. helmet. Mm-hmm. And the Longhorns box scheduled to appear on Texas grocery shelves in two weeks, if you're counting, and in nationwide stores uh, starting next month. So, Well, you know, McDonald's has never used an endorsement, uh, any kind of celebrity endorsement. But, gosh, why not get a Big Mac Brown? Well, that's a good idea. Big Mac. Okay. I'll write that down. Write that down. We'll, we'll, but the problem is, is they've never used a spokesperson. They've used Ronald McDonald. I think you put Big Mac Brown in the Ronald McDonald outfit. Yes. And then you then you tell his players to quit clowning around. Okay. I mean, something. You know, first-time caller, long-time listener, we need these kind of calls since we're doing a sports show. What was our toll-free number? Uh, 1-800. <laughs> no, we don't have one. I don't remember it. No, I don't either. Call myself. Yeah. It's yeah. A seven, I'll turn it back on. It's you no just problem. hold it up to the microphone. <laughs> We have one minute here. Okay, yeah. go for it. Well, I was going to mention to you, Daimler Chrysler's uh, Chrysler Group. We had Jeff Bell, uh, Honcho with uh, Marketing and Branding with Chrysler Group on uh, several weeks ago. But they have apparently announced with uh, Volkswagen, uh, entered into a formal agreement to uh, uh, develop a product that's going to be a minivan. And the VW minivan is going to sit on the uh, platform of the uh, Chrysler and Dodge minivan uh, next generation vehicles, and so they're, and that's in 2008. So, uh, Volkswagen got with uh, Chrysler and decided that they wanted to have a minivan, but rather than to create it from the ground floor up, they're gonna, they're going to uh, base it on the next generation Chrysler and that's Dodge great. minivan platform, and that begins in 2008. So, because they had a minivan before, they had a minivan before Volkswagen did. Oh, well, years well, sure ago, they. years. Well, ago. the mi- the microbus is the right. original minivan. Right. Is the microbus right? Which, and if you look in today's safety standards, it's a death trap. I mean, you're 
you're right there in the front. I mean, yes. you're hanging over the car practically. And, and you know but what's it between was a you? Great car for those oh, of us who grew up in the sixties. Fabulous okay? car. It's right up there with the Corvair as far as the death trap. You know. True. Very true. Yeah. So that's very interesting. And plus, what those kids were smoking back then when they were using that car, you, you had to clear the road if you saw one coming. Exactly. Yeah. More on the advertising show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsythe, and in just a few moments, we'll uh, check in with advertising. So stay with us. Make your advertising dollars work smarter. You're listening to The Advertising Show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsythe. And then, nothing takes it off like Noxima medicated cheese. You don't want to know what Grant's doing right now. On the Advertising Show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth, we'll get uh, David Jones, Global Chief Executive Officer, URORSCG, back with us uh, next hour. Good stuff there. He's done a lot of a, a lot of cool stuff. You know, it's too bad we can't get anybody in any position of authority with uh, Euro RSCG to appear on the show. What, what are we doing with this guy? Global Chief Executive Officer, mm-hmm. Euro RSCG Worldwide. Well, I guess he's, he's pretty far pretty up, up there. there exactly. Yeah. And he looks like he ought to, should have tried out for the new James Bond figure. Here. He does have that does look. Does that look? And he's got the accent and yeah. everything. So. And he's getting a Jag. And he's getting a Jaguar. Jaguar. Yes. They're probably up just to, you like know. you don't say people. You don't like people saying beamers. That's true. So, that's he disparaging said the brand. He said that he said Jag. So I guess it's okay. Yeah. Every week we uh, look at the upside and the downside of advertising. And this week, unfortunately, it's not so good. And now it's time for the bad advertising item of the week. So what do you have this week? Well, Ray, you probably saw a holiday TV spot for Singular where the uh, creative strategy was to promote the return of the Razer Moto, an ultra-thin cell phone, for only $99.99. The spot was extremely well done. It showed a close-up of the phone as it turned uh, at various angles to show its new sleek, uh, thin design. The only problem, Ray, that I had with the spot, and the reason, of course, that we're featuring it here is this week's advertising item of the week, when the spot ended, uh, it included a voiceover and a graphic, nothing strange there, but then you see this very interesting little date on this spot that says, Offer Good Through December 31, 2005, problem was that I saw the spot on January 1st, 2006. So, you know, it's good to know that even the big name uh, national advertisers screw up, too. Every since we've launched the show here, uh, fall of 01, uh, we feature an advertiser, usually around the uh, post-holidays, some local, some regional, some national, but they all do the same thing, which is air a spot uh, with an offer, uh, and then they air that spot beyond the offer date. It happens most frequently, as I said, around the holidays. And the message, uh, Ray, to all of the clients out there, and more importantly, their ad agencies, uh, it, the message is clear, and that is look at your calendar, look at your run dates, mm-hmm. and look at your offer expiration dates, and media companies and media uh, buyers and directors and strategists, quit wasting your clients' dollars and, yeah. and start looking at these kind of things. So anyway, uh, Singular, uh, hats off to you for this week's advertising item of the week. And there's more, too. I've seen the uh, Sears did the same thing. They had cars driving around with presents on top of them. Um, uh, what was it, just this past week. Yeah. 
It's like, yeah, it's over. Yeah, well, and it's I think the, the heightened sensitivity among all consumers that it is over is there, and you know it. Right. And right. so anything that relates to, to Christmas on the other side of Christmas or the holidays in general uh, on the other side of Christmas, let alone an expiration on a uh, – I mean, sometimes it's just a little uh, faux pas where you have, as you described with Sears, where it's a Christmas spot that may not be dated necessarily, but it, the creative is hanging really beyond is. Yeah. January 1 in the case – or for that matter, December 25th. But in this case and in other cases that we've noted here on the show over the past four-plus uh, years is that uh, your expiration date, uh, needs to t- tie in with the end date of your schedule. And the problem is, is sure. people don't look at their calendar, the, the people, the, the advertising planners and buyers, et cetera, mm-hmm. or sometimes the advertisers themselves. They don't look at their calendar and look at uh, the Monday through Friday type of or Monday through Sunday media buy instead of they, they think in terms of just, you know, Christmas, New Year's, so right. on and so forth. And uh, buys are normally bought either on a Monday through Friday or a Monday through Sunday basis, and they don't they don't correspond that with the uh, the holidays. So, and again, it it, it happens every year. It's going to happen next year. Sure. We're going to tell you who it will be next year when we go through this same thing. And it's kind That's of a guess. it's a day off for having to do any research for the uh, advertising at a item of the week. You can just you know pick and choose. And you begin to wonder about the agencies that uh, and and the, why the clients wouldn't ask them. What's wrong here? Why don't we have something planned for the mm. first? If we're on the air in the first week of January, w- what are you doing? What well, are you doing? Yeah, and I saw that in, a, let's see, I'm thinking, okay, I saw that in a market where that would have been a local spot. Um, for a national advertiser, that would be called spot television buy. Mm-hmm. And they've done that times X number of markets, whatever their, their buy is, however right. deep it is. And uh, so you kind of make sure you ask yourself, I wonder how much in total dollars uh, was wasted, you know, here and there across America for a TV spot buy that was uh, uh, not uh, ended properly. And they're not going to get, well, unless the traffic department goofed it up. Uh, they're not going to get a make good. Right. That's blown away. That money's gone. And, you know, I, I would be hard-pressed to think that the, the traffic department would schedule a spot that does not reflect that on the order. It would be – It would be. it's not going to say that that's not going to happen, but it would be mm-hmm. highly unusual that a media outlet would make that mistake. Let's ask Doug. He would know. You've never scheduled a spot too late, have you? No. Okay, good. Well, he's got a tattoo that says, make good, no way, right there on his front. <laughs> and by the way, uh, Doug brought up a good point. We were talking about McDonald's and uh, spokespeople. Uh, it was not so many years ago that uh, Bird and uh, Michael Jack- uh, Johnson, hello, Michael uh, Jordan, did a, uh, a spot for McDonald's. Johnson, no. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, did, a, did a spot for McDonald's, and it was the old, hey, I'm going to ricochet the ball off the this and that, bah, 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 and it lasted for about six months, and it went away, and it was, it was the one and campaign. only time. Yeah, it was the one and only time that McDonald's did use a, a spokesperson, in this case spokespeople, mm-hmm. but uh, it was reminded of that because it was kind of a flash in the pan that McDonald's did take a diversion from their normal non-spokesperson approach, and... Uh, Gosh, it kind of makes you wonder, why did they do that, and then why did it not continue, and why did it go away? Probably because they changed agencies or creatives or something. Well, that's usually the way that happens. <laughs> it's yeah. like, you know, we can't do that. Yeah. It's already been done. Do something new. Yeah. Or actually, Pull co- the rabbit out of your hat. You want to do something new? Look at your competitor. Copy off of them. Oh, that's even better. Yeah. That, that never happens, no. actually. Rarely. So David Jones is going to be back with us uh, next hour, uh, Global Chief Executive Officer, Euro RSCG Worldwide. Um, and he, as he corrected, uh, 10,000 uh, staff across uh, 233 offices in 75 countries. Yeah. It's just a small business. 
You know, too bad they have no representation worldwide, or maybe we could swing them some business. You think so? Mm. Well, maybe somebody will hear it on the radio and they'll say, you know, hey, I could use them. Hey, I'd like to talk to their accountant. How do they deal in these different currencies? <laughs> Very carefully, I'm I sure. would imagine. <laughs> so we've got uh, Joe Jaffe on the way too next hour. Andy Borowitz will visit with him. Something about former FEMA chief uh, uh, late on his resolutions or something like that. I don't <laughs> know what that's all about. And uh, the wacky world of marketing. Uh, something about you can take it with you. It's, uh, what's the it? Whatever you want it to be. The advertising show brought to you by Advertising Age magazine. You can visit online at adage.com. Also visit our website, theadvertisingshow.com, for a lot of great stuff. The Advertising Show is a big radio midgets production. Welcome to The Advertising Show, America's only radio program focusing on advertising, media, marketing, product development, branding, new media, sales and customer relations. Stay with us for entertaining marketing discussion and our special guest interview. Now, here are your hosts, Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. It's hour number two of the Advertising Show being brought to you by Advertising Age magazine. You can visit online at adage.com. The Advertising Show, a big radio midgets production. Want to send you to our website, theadvertisingshow.com. It has uh, just a bunch of cool stuff. Uh, past guests, as a matter of fact, David uh, Jones, who is our guest today, will be uh, up on the website, available for a podcast and RSS feeds uh, very shortly, just as quickly as I can get this to Tracy, you see. Tracy Prater. And I'll hand it to him, and he'll go, thanks. Yeah. You know, what a great guy, Tracy Prater. You know, he works for Peanuts. And I mean, really, Peanuts. Yeah, he does. And nobody, everybody likes to call him a monkey, but he carries that little... Uh, sound box, the little uh, organ grinder thing. He's a nice guy. <laughs> no, he is. He's a wonderful guy. He is a nice guy. And uh, this hour, we've got Joe Jaffe up uh, for a different perspective, Andy Borowitz, and uh, the wacky world of marketing as well as our interview with uh, David Jones out of Paris, France, on the advertising show. So, Well, you know, uh, we opened last hour. We're going to talk about Brokeback Mountain, and I'm not going to talk about it other than just simply say that uh, Gene Shalit yeah. did a, uh, you know, Gene Shalit's kind of a strange-looking dude anyway, right? No. Well, I mean, speaking of circus acts, anyway, he was on uh, he was on the Today Show doing his uh, his take of Brokeback Mountain, which he wasn't very nice to him. Okay. And it's a strange movie. Let's face it, and it's strange in that it takes a couple rough and uh, tough cowboys and puts them in a uh, shall we say a compromising position. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can I say that? Yes, you did. Well, yeah. Anyway, yeah. it's a story about forbidden and secretive relationships, shall we say, between two cowboys and their lives over the years. And uh, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, this is a very controversial movie, and it'll be interesting to see, uh, you know, what others think of this. But uh, Letterman was doing some funny stuff about Brokeback Mountain. Well, I'm sure it wouldn't be hard not to do funny stuff about it. It's hard film. not to. So yeah. we're trying to stay away from it. It's, uh, it's, it's, the genre is titled a drama romance and then in quotes it says, more. It's drama, it's romance, and it's more. Yeah, I would say so. Okay. But how many years ago was it that pundits were uh, questioning whether large numbers of consumers would actually make purchases online? What, 2000, 2001? Sure, yeah. I mean, really. I mean, it was like, well, most people have dial-up. They don't have, uh, you know, broadband, the whole deal. Well, uh, Comscore uh, reports online non-travel spending during the 05 holiday season totaled 19.6 billion, Ray, representing a jump of 
25 percent hmm. over uh, the same period last year of 15.7 billion. Now the the holiday season is defined as November 1 through December 31st, so we're looking at you know roughly a 60 day time period there. Total internet spending for the full year of 05, including travel, reached 143 billion, up 22 percent, 22 percent over the 117 billion spent online in 2004. So uh, jumps of 22 to 25 percent depending on whether you're including travel or not. I would say transactions on the Internet are here or to huge. not only stay, but they're growing in pretty large leaps every year. And we really haven't seen the uh, uh, what's happening yet. No. A lot more stuff coming our way. Well, when your grandmother and my grandmother go online to buy their, you know, knitting needles, we know, which, by the way, is now legal to carry on airlines. Isn't get that, that wonderful? Yeah. Yeah. But, Go you know, when it. the old people are now starting to uh, use the Internet to uh, order their milk of magnesia, yeah. you know that it's... Uh, it's a smart thing to do. Yes. It's really good. It's, it's, it's going to be with us a while. Downloading coupons for uh, control top pantyhose. That's exactly right. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Here's Joe. And speaking of that, no. Joe Jaffe. <laughs> yeah. Joe Jaffe is a real connected guy. Speaking of the Internet, that is, on the advertising show. If you dare to risk seeing the world from a new point of view, join us now for a different perspective. Featuring author and new marketing consultant, Joseph Jaffe. It's time for a CCO. No, not a chief creative officer, but a chief conversation officer. It's time to create an entirely new department, a conversation department, that doesn't report into or through marketing that reports into the CEO or even the chairman of the company. That's how important it is right now to be on top of chatter and conversation in the blogosphere, in the podosphere, on websites, even figuring out how to evaluate, how to quantify, and how to qualify word of mouth that takes place at a Tupperware party or in store. Your consumers are talking about you. They've been talking about you since the beginning of their relationship with you. Sometimes they speak highly, and sometimes they criticize and critique you. The difference now is that the mechanisms or the means to be able to harness these powerful network effects of word of mouth of viral marketing are so much more formalized and pronounced, whether through email, instant message, blog, message board, etc., etc., Consumers are already reaping the rewards of communicating and connecting with one another. You can really use this to your advantage, but it is going to need a very strong commitment to your consumer and to conversations. Not just listening to them, but being able to be a part of those conversations. It is a fundamental shift from monologue to dialogue, but ultimately this has to be about action. This has been A Different Perspective. Featuring Joseph Jaffe, president of new marketing consulting practice Jaffe LLC and author of Life After the 30-Second Spot. To learn more, log on to getthejuice.com. It's the Advertising Show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth. We're about to bring you back at David Jones, Global Chief Executive Officer, EuroRSCG Worldwide. Speaking of another agency that has lots of letters in their names, <clears throat> it's GSD&M, mm-hmm. you see. Yeah. And uh, they're doing something... Getting back to the online stuff we were talking about here, right. how predominant this is. An anti-smoking campaign from uh, GSDM uh, called Mary Quits uses an online reality show format that's portraying a smoker's di- a daily struggle to quit, according to uh, client American Legacy Foundation. That's the client. 
uh, a television spot, print ads in Buffalo and Rochester direct viewers and readers to a website uh, where the person identified as Mary discusses her efforts to overcome her addiction to nicotine. Hmm. Kind of cool. Yeah. But it's online. Well, I mean, that's where the kids are now, and those are the ones that are starting up smoking. All exactly. the older adults are either dead or have quit smoking. That's true. <laughs> and hopefully quit smoking. Yeah. When the campaign ran in Washington, smokers responded positively to Mary's story and uh, the human face it put on the difficult process of quitting. Um, it's a good thing there. So uh, yeah. Legacy spent more than $70 million on paid media in 04 and $30 million through September 05. Hmm. Lots of bucks. Yeah, well, and it, I would think they want to, you know, promote the fact that your uh, your screen will no longer have a yellow tint to it, blowing <laughs> smoke all over it. Uh, yeah. Well, I don't know. That's probably true. Yeah, and the Xbox. What does that mean? I don't know what Xbox. I you don't, don't? Play Xbox. Oh, oh I, I, I'm not familiar with the, what well, the stuff on the, the Xbox. Well, you have grandchildren, don't you? Yeah, but. She's two years old. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. You <laughs> saved that money. Don't think she's getting that. Yet. You know, uh, do we have to- how much time do we have here? Twenty, 20 seconds. Well, I was going to talk about this new campaign out the radio stations are doing about you know free radio versus pay. I heard that on the radio. Well, what do you think about that? Well, I'm going to tell you. Put your focus on your programming and your product and not thinking you're going to be running a spot where people are going to go, oh, wow, free radio versus pay for it. I won't go to Sirius and pay subscription because I just heard a commercial that said I'm not supposed to. I thought that was kind of strange. Yeah, put your effort in your production of your your programming and maybe that will help. Let's focus on the positive as opposed to the negative. David Jones will be with us in just a few moments with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth on the Advertising Show. You're listening to The Advertising Show with Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. News Ajax! Boom, boom. Colgate's new Ajax cleans all bathroom surfaces up to 50% faster. News Ajax! Boom, boom. The foaming cleanser. That's one way of getting your message across. Do an annoying commercial with annoying voiceover. I usually do that when I'm uh, cleaning with Ajax. Do you really? Well, I don't what, really clean like with that Ajax. Or what? That's very good. Well, thank you. Very good. Yeah. Very good. Uh, David Jones is back with us and still awake out of Paris, France. Thank you very much for staying awake, David. We appreciate that. Is there a good movie on there by any chance or no? No, doing a bit of email when I'm not talking with you guys. Very well, good. That's Incredible. good enough. Now is put it, it away. We understand you. We understand you ordered some bottled water while you were away during the uh, first segment of the. I'm sorry, the first hour, and they've called to clarify that you're going to put that large of a bill on your American Express. Ben, I'm not going to say that he's staying in a highfalutin hotel, but let me just put it this way. The Louvre is just uh, an, an eye shot, uh, and it's, I'm not talking about around the corner. It's like yeah. he looks out its window, and it's like it's he right. spoke in French. Could you turn those lights down, please? I, I, I think the water bill will be a fraction of the phone bill. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I couldn't agree with you more. You know, uh, before we jump back into the interview, we're going to talk about Jaguar as we ended last hour's uh, interview segment, but before we do that, would our audience be surprised to learn that David Jones has appeared on the cover of GQ magazine? Yes, they would be. Now, David, can you clarify this? I can indeed. It was in Australia. Um, and uh, for my sins, I was chosen as one of uh, Australia's top ten businessmen under the age of 40. So they had us 
all kind of get kitted out in uh, lots of free Armani gear and stand around posing on the front cover of GQ, which were, which was great for my mum and people like that, but a bit more embarrassing for those people I worked with. And and your mother, that uh, she ended up buying the uh, couple truckloads of uh, of copies, I understand. No, no, I actually sent my wife out to buy at least 75 copies, and I've still got some if you want them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and, and did you get to keep the uh, Armani suits? I did indeed, actually, yes. Well, That's that made it worthwhile too. right there. And, you know, just to show you we, that we do our homework here, we understand that you considered a career in professional tennis. Uh, you even played against uh, your nemesis and, and tennis star Michael Chang, as I understand. And I'm curious, uh, uh, knee problems, partying too much, what ended your career, David? Uh, lack of ability. <laughs> oh, well, I, was, I gave you two lead-ins there. You could have chosen either one of those. Yeah, that was a true-false question, Dave. Yeah. Uh, come on. I kind of, uh, I, I, actually, at the time, he was only 15, uh, and I got kind of killed by this uh, Asian-American 15-year-old and thought that my tennis career was probably not going to be that long. And he actually did turn out to be Michael Chang, so I felt somewhat better about it. But um. And we were joking before about the fact that he was called up to be the next James Bond. Uh, did you get a call on that, Dave? <laughs> Funnily enough, no. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, they said they're waiting for you to uh, buy the Jaguar, and then after that they'll consider it. <laughs> and by the way, uh, uh, just, to, just a note for our listeners, uh, Ray Shillins has beat up Jimmy Connors, but it was when he was in fourth grade. <laughs> and I'm saying Jimmy Connors was in fourth grade. Uh, Ray was a senior in high school at that point. Right, but so it was a bit of a bully. Yeah, yeah. it was. Let's jump into Jaguar. The campaign uh, helping to make uh, luxury cars uh, becoming, in particular, the Jaguar, uh, a fashion icon of sorts. You've been quoted as saying, uh, let's go at this, meaning the, the uh, JAG account, uh, the, the campaign, let's go at this as if we were positioning against Tiffany or Louis Vuitton. And I, I'm curious, it's certainly a departure in thinking of, of uh, marketing a, a Jaguar brand as a uh, upscale luxury brand nowadays, I would think. It's certainly a departure from what we see other uh, luxury car manufacturers do. T- talk a little bit about how you came up with the strategy and where you guys are positioning JAG today. Sure. I mean, we're actually the global agency of record for, for brands like Louis Vuitton, for Lacoste, for Armani Perfumes. Um, so we do a lot of work in the luxury space. And, and the thing that really struck us was that if you look at Jaguar today, you know, the quality of the cars, we I mean, they're the number, number two ranked globally in terms of quality to, to Lexus, um, the number one ranked European mark. They've got some fantastic products, including the new XK coming out. But if you look at the way that car brands tend to, to market themselves, and then you look at the way that luxury brands tend to market themselves, it's incredibly different. Um, you know, luxury brands have a sense of discovery. There's an absolute confidence. There's a, there's a, you know, they don't give you all of the information. They rely on interest and intrigue. Um, whereas car brands tend to kind of paste everything everywhere and, and, you know, almost treat the consumer as if they're not that smart. And so what we basically came up with is a strategy to say, you know, we, let, let's imagine we were launching a brand new luxury brand that just happened to sell cars. How would it act? How would it communicate? How would it advertise? And we said, you know, let's position Jaguar not as not as a, a car brand, not even as a luxury car brand, but as a genuine luxury brand. So would it be fair to say that you're not uh, looking at the Jaguar customer as your typical demographic target? Uh, do you have a, a way of describing the, the, today's uh, Jaguar consumer? Well, I mean, if, if you actually look at the, you know, how they index against ver- you know, the various products that they use, um, you know, they're, they're actually more exclusive, more upmarket uh, than the average luxury car buyer, if there is such a thing. So, you know, they have the highest index of usage of Dom Perignon, the highest index of, you know, purchase of Toomey luggage and of, of things like Mont Blanc pens. Um, so they're very discerning, and, I, and it's basically playing back in. 
into that. And also a sense that if, you know, Jaguars, people love the Jaguar brand. I mean, it really is one of those fantastic icon brands. And we sort of felt the time was right to, to do I know if you look at the the huge success that brands such as Gucci, such as Gucci or Burberry have had, or even Dior more recently, in terms of coming from a position where they maybe were viewed as a little old-fashioned to being absolutely at the cutting edge, we felt the time was really right for for Jaguar to do that, particularly with you know cars such as the XK that's uh, that's coming out at the moment, which just is the most stunning car. Well, I'd, I've never seen more Jaguars on on the road. Uh, they used to be, you know, maybe one in a couple of dozen or something. Mm -hmm. They're all over the place now. They're yeah. all over the place. Well, and of course, uh, David Jones and Euro takes all the credit for that, even though they've only, <laughs> even though they've only handled the account of. Says years. it right there in his bio. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you know, takes all the credit. The uh, you know, and, and what you just said about uh, indexing on other consumer purchases, more luxury oriented consumer purchases, and some insights into how you come up came up with the strategy. Uh, your organization came up with the strategy of of uh, positioning Jaguar as a luxury car and more of a fashion icon is some very insightful, I think, for our listeners to understand that. And I thought that was very, uh, very interesting the way you described that. You know, uh, David, I'm curious. Last year, the Chicago office of Euro conducted a holiday prosumer pulse survey. I thought this was a very unusual study for what I could uh, read about it online. And for those unfamiliar with this project, talk a little bit about the study, David, the approach, the goals and some of the findings, if you would, please. I mean, what prosumers are, basically, it's a term that Alvin Toffler um, coined uh, that we have sort of uh, adopted, but basically turned into a science. And what they are, they are more influential, more engaged, uh, leading-edge consumers. They're much more than just the early adopters. They tend to be between... 15 and 30 percent of any category and we have a, a proprietary algorithm that allows us to identify them but what, what's very interesting about them is if you can understand what these people are doing the products they're buying the products they're using the brands that they're into they tend to be a barometer for where the market is heading so for example back in the early 2000s in the first prosumer study we did uh, we picked up the whole Atkins phenomenon um, so it's something which is, is, is kind of almost like an in inverted commas an early warning system and we believe if we can understand more about prosumers, then we can actually help our clients understand more about where their categories are headed. Um, and we do a, uh, a major study every couple of years with a sample size of 2,000 people across countries such as U.S., China, U.K., France, Germany, etc., etc. Um, and so no, there's been some very interesting findings coming out of that. And we also have a measure called brand momentum. And what brand momentum does is it looks it's a bit like political polling. It asks the question whether people think that a brand is gaining or losing ground in their category. So rather than being backward-looking in the way that um, a tracking study is, it's forward-looking. And we, we have got the sort of top 20 brands around the world on brand momentum, brands like eBay and Google and those kind of things. And if you track their share price performance over the past 12 years, uh, sorry, over the past 12 months, it, it dramatically outperforms any other, any other index or any stock market measure. We're going to take a break here on the Advertising Show with breaking news here. Vince Young is headed to the NFL film at 11. Or something like that. Hmm. Or, uh, but we'll be back with uh, with uh, David Jones, our global chief executive officer, Euro RSCG Worldwide out of Paris. Uh, staying up late with us uh, today here on the advertising show, Late Late in Paris. Back with more, we've got the wacky world of marketing. And, yes, you can take it with you. And that's coming up next with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsythe of the advertising show. 
And now, it's time for the Wacky World of Marketing. Wacky World of Marketing. Here's your host, Bruce Abbott. Our Wacky Update heads to Germany, where a German funeral home is offering specially designed coffins for football fans, or as we call it in the States, soccer, painted in their favorite team colors. A funeral director at Kramer Funerals in Germany has already buried a Dortmund fan in a themed coffin. He says the yellow and black painted coffin was greatly appreciated by the family. For fans who would prefer cremation, Kramer also offers football-shaped urns in team colors to hold ashes. And that, my friends, is the wacky world of marketing. This program was written and produced by Bruce Abbott, executive producer of The Advertising Show. Join us next time when we uncover the strange, the bizarre, and unfortunately, the true wacky world of marketing. Make informed decisions about your company's advertising strategy. This is The Advertising Show. It's an appropriate spot to play, considering the fact that we are supreme dog lovers, uh, each of us owning three dogs. That's the maximum allowable limit, I think, in the city of uh, Houston and the city of Sugarland. Although, don't tell anybody, at one time we had four, okay? That's illegal. That's probably so. Yeah. yeah I probably have to have a bigger house. We're back with uh, Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth on the Advertising Show. And our special guest out of Paris is David Jones, Global Chief Executive Officer, Euro RSCG Worldwide. And David, welcome back to the Advertising Show. Hi. Hey, yeah, David, we have about seven minutes in this segment. This will be your final segment, and uh, I'd like to rush through several questions here because uh, you've okay, got... You, go. Yes, yes, no, no, yes, A, B, C, here, all I'll of t- the above. I'll time it. Hang on. No, uh, <laughs> actually, I've got several industry questions I want to get your take on, and again, we're honored that you could join us today, uh, especially so late there in uh, Paris, and tell the masseuse to back away from the table. You're falling asleep. She's <laughs> making noise again. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, can, can, before we jump into these questions, can you give us any scoop on your new business activity or perhaps some uh, upcoming campaigns that you guys are debuting here soon? Um, I mean, I think the, the, the exciting things that are in the market at the moment, there's um, the new Jaguar campaign we've talked about, uh, Gorgeous, there's the Talk to Chuck campaign for, for Charles Schwab, um, there's the, the new Lacoste campaign, which uh, seems to be just about every airport and every magazine that I, that I see at the moment. Um, and then there's some quite exciting work, which is almost relevant to what we're talking about for the launch of Howard Stern on Syria. So there's some really good stuff going on. So you're handling the, uh, the announcement for Stern and, uh, and you, you're through your New York, uh, New York office, I assume. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Uh, gosh, what a, what, it's too bad you guys can't get any publicity for that poor guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hey, and by the way, uh, notice how he avoided any kind of new business activity uh, reference. I, I asked for some new business activity, and he avoided that completely. Absolutely. I'm not going to tell you guys. Well, you know, uh, we have a, several uh, several executives from other major agencies said if we could squeeze something out of you, it was going to be a nice little check in the mail. So I guess I'm, we can. I'm actually flying tomorrow to a pitch somewhere. Yes. Well, that's good to know. And you're in Paris, France, so I got to believe it's not going to. It's in Europe somewhere. No, he already told us where he's flying to. Oh, where? I forget. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, you know, okay, so let's jump through rapidly some of these questions. Sustaining a brand's identity, David, over a period of time while keeping uh, consumers uh, engaged and keeping your message relevant would seem like such a fairly simple strategy. I'm curious, why does it seem so difficult that most companies cannot follow a consistent approach in brand messaging? I, I think that yeah, the fundamental issue, and it's the old adage that you know the the agency and the client get bored of the advertising long before the consumer does, and and I think that's part of the issue is that we live in a world today where. Um, you know, client turnover at uh, CMO level has never been higher. Uh, you know, an increasing number of pitches and agency turnover, and I think the tendency is always to want to invent something new. Uh, and I think you know the the value of consistency is enormous, and you, you need to find a way of reinterpreting the message and, and keeping it fresh. Um, but I think the brands that have had very consistent strategies over time, it's already paid off for them. And you know, uh, a good example, I guess, uh, an agency uh, or a client changes agencies, and the agency feels compelled to change the direction of the marketing strategy, but yet we heard about the change at uh, BMW. Fallon decides to set out the review, which I really, frankly, think was, uh, you know, people have mixed opinions about that. I thought it was a pretty uh, courageous uh, position that Fallon took, thinking, hey, we've done a great job. You want to review us? Review us, and we'll sit this out. So if you're the new agency for BMW, don't you just really pretty much have to follow the uh, wonderful uh, strategy that Fallon has executed over the past many years for BMW? I mean, I think it depends on, you know, the, the key to winning a pitch is understanding what, um, what the clients and the company are, are trying to achieve in their broader business objectives and then making sure that the communications align with that. And I don't know why the review was called, but, you know, often the reason reviews are called is that people are not happy with the way things are going. Well, my theory is McDowell was no longer executive in charge of the advertising and marketing with uh, BMW, and whenever there's somebody new in that position, uh, you know better than anyone, David. It's like, hey, I got to you know make my own uh, uh, reputation here. So why do I want McDowell's agency? I need to go get my own. That's my theory, and you you capitalize on that every week, so you know all too well about that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what what do you see as the major challenges facing the advertising industry today, David? I mean, I think you know the, the really the biggest thing probably is that. Um, we need to understand that, you know, consumers are now controlling the marketing they receive, not marketeers. And I think, you know, this is something that's much bigger than just the fact that with products like TiVo, I can, I can ignore advertising because, you know, you actually don't need a TiVo to ignore advertising and people were more than capable of filtering out TV commercials with remote controls and things. But I think, you know, the, the, the key thing now really is we live in this attention deficit economy, um, with, you know, proliferation of messaging and media. And if you don't engage and involve people, they're going to ignore you. But I think conversely, if you can touch a chord with them uh, through things like the internet, you can actually get a level and depth of relationship that you could never have got close to uh, in the old TV-led regime. So it's you know there's two sides to the coin. About 30 seconds left. Product placement lost its uh, novelty today than than maybe uh, 10 years ago. Um, no, I'm, no, I think it's going to be very interesting, and I think particularly when you get outside of the TV media looking at what can happen with product placement, and, you know, I was looking at some demos of some of the new video mobile phones, and I think sort of, you know, iPod-style video is going to be a very interesting medium for us moving forward. Well, i got to tell you, I'll never look at Euro RSCG the same way. I'll always remember that we helped run up your phone bill, and uh, <laughs> and we owe you. We owe you big time. So next time you're in the... our profit margin for this year. Well, tell your publicist to send us uh, any late-breaking news on your new business activity, and we'll make sure and uh, mention it here on the, sh- on the advertising show. It's David Jones, Global Chief Executive Officer, Euro RSCG Worldwide. David, go to sleep. We uh, thank you for being on the show and uh, appreciate it. Talk to you soon.
On the Advertising Show, it's Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth. We've got more, much more to come. Andy Borowitz is still on the way, too, and uh, we hope you'll stay with us. Make your advertising dollars work smarter. You're listening to The Advertising Show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth. I dread to think what became of her. That haunting, exquisite creature. A note of music is safe. A thoughtless word from any one of us. A disturbance of the air could start an earthquake in her. It's appropriate that no we're running a European-type commercial here, right, exactly, Brent? Oh, yeah. Uh, we had, uh, you know, one thing we didn't talk about was Air France. They had a, a huge thing going with Air France as far as customer service and so on. You know, I, did I, that. I knew that, and I and they're a great account for uh, for Euro. And I also, in reading uh, David's bio, he used to work at BBDO in the U.K., headed up there. Uh, he was the youngest ever board member at uh, BBDO uh, UK. was wanting to ask him if he knew Phil Dusenberry. I'm sure he did. I'm sure he does, Former, yeah. former yeah. guest a couple times here on the advertising show. But, right. you know, uh, great guest, David Jones, always with great guests, never long enough time. But, you know, what a great guy. Global CEO of uh, Euro or CG worldwide. Subway, another one, Nokia. Yeah. Always wondered Incredible. what Jared must have been eating before he went on the Subway diet to be able to lose weight just eating Subways. He must have been eating like, you know. Big Macs. Uh, <laughs> something. Something. But anyway, good Lots for Lots of Big Macs. And as you've mentioned, Jared's back. He's doing Jared is back. That's yeah. wonderful. I'm yeah. glad. I think he does a great job. Well, I mean, he's got to be he's got to be back. He doesn't have a regular job. No, he doesn't. He's never worked a day in his life. He ate these sandwiches. He's been, you know, making tons got of money. Got then he got thin, and then he quit his job. Yeah. 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 But well, he's good at what he does. He is good. And they're behind it. Obviously, yeah. I, I, well, and he's a good spokesperson. I mean, you're not you're not going to find uh, Jared in a, a you know opium den somewhere, or you know molesting some kid. Let's hope not. Hopefully, no, no. Then they'd have to cancel his contract. Well, I don't think you have to risk that with Jared. No, don't think so. Yeah. Uh, ad sales on the boom for the uh, Super Bowl and the Olympics. Yeah. Uh, the expected uh, bruising battle of big sports events first quarter. Uh, basically, ABC Super Bowl, which is the fifth, by the way. And we, as long as we're on football, we ought to talk. We, Doug, we should have you read the the uh, the headline coming off of the computer here for Vince Young. For those, uh, do you still have it? I'll I'll kill time. Da, 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 da. Uh, just five days before unveils the uh, Universal 17 Days of Winter Olympics uh, coverage on its broadcast cable and internet properties begins. Uh, it's it's huge at this point, however, and without massive discounting, ABC is reportedly 85 percent sold out mm-hmm. and on track for up to 150 million. NBC says it's 90 percent sold out and should hit its 990 or 900 million market target by uh, uh i guess very soon here so but we told you before we had breaking news about vince young and there's a lot of people who don't even know who the longhorns are who now know who vince young is right and everybody was saying uh you know what's he gonna do so doug what's he gonna do what's he gonna do here vince young heads to the nfl the headline on yahoo sports one hour ago there, there's more though isn't there is that it i guess that's it well, it just gives all the background from uh, what he did in the Rose Bowl and what he's done. Okay. Uh, helped the Longhorns their first title in 36 years. And uh, said uh, I think he thanks God for the opportunity to be in this position. He told a news conference today, hard work has paid off a whole lot. So he's happy to be uh, going on to the NFL and start uh-huh. cashing some big checks. Yeah. And then we discussed whether he's going to the uh, to the uh, the Texans, and people are saying, no, he's not going to do that, right? Well, 
Usually, in today's world, you know, a professional football player has a little influence over that as opposed to years ago when you yeah. got drafted, you went to where you were drafted Wherever, to. But yeah. in today's world, if you don't want to go there, you're behind-the-scenes negotiations and all right. that. And, you know, I don't know about you, but Texans might be better off taking uh, multiple uh, draft choices mm-hmm. and trades from uh, somebody that that can actually benefit from somebody like a Vince Young. And if you're listening worldwide through the AdvertisingShow.com, that's American football, not the uh, F- football. Not football, football or not <laughs> rugby or whatever that other stuff is. But Thank you for that news flash, Doug. Yeah. We appreciate that. Yeah. Very good. And, so. you know, we made a bet, uh, Doug and I, before he said, no, he will not go to the NFL. I said, yes, he would. And, you know, so pass me that quarter, Doug. Thank you very much. <laughs> yes. And he wears that coin uh, dispenser right there on his uh, <laughs> on his belt. I'm not saying he bets a lot. I'm saying he used to work at a uh, service station years ago. And that red uh, that red flag in the back of his uh, pocket there, it's not really a flag. It's more of those red rags that you used to use to check the oil, you know. <laughs> <laughs> shammy. <laughs> yeah, shammy. There you go. What do you got? Well, you know, I was uh, mentioning about uh, Stern, and this is something that I thought was interesting. A lot of people don't know this, Ray. Uh, this is really weird. We knew that he was getting a lot of money to go to Sirius, right? Sure. Well, apparently... $500 million, as I recall. Just right? this past Thursday, because uh, Sirius... Uh, made their goals for their target subscribers for 2005, Shock Jock Stern will receive 34.4 million common shares worth $200 million from Sirius uh, as a result of them meeting their subscriber targets in in 05. So here the guy, uh, you know, say what you will about Stern, but the guy uh, from a business standpoint, he's making, now I guess we know why he kept mentioning it on his uh, syndicated show through uh, Infinity, which I always thought was a mistake that they allowed him to do that. Well, what are they going to do? Well, I don't know. Tighten the screws after a few times, but they didn't do it. Slap his hand? What would that do? What do you do? Yeah. More with uh, the advertising show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth. Just a minute. You're listening to the advertising show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth. From San Francisco comes Rice Aroni, the San Francisco treat. Rice Aroni, the flavor can't be beat. One pan of boiling. And we wrap up uh, today's show here. In just a moment, we're going to bring on uh, Andy Borowitz for his uh, segment of the advertising show. Thanks again to our special guest today, David Jones, global CEO of Euro RSCG Worldwide. We never once made another. Innuendo regarding the fact that David was part of the monkeys at one time. Right. So that's we did good. mention about Tracy being a monkey. Yes, that's Tracy true. Tracy Prater. Tracy Prater. I wonder yeah. if he listens to the show this far in when he does the editing. No, he usually falls asleep in the uh, about halfway through the second hour. Yeah. Well, we'll ask him how he liked the rice aroni uh, classic commercial, and there he'll say what, and then we'll know he didn't hear exactly. that. Exactly. Wally Bregman is an author, and the the name of the book is called "Spray the Bear: Reminiscence from the Golden Age." Of advertising. Well, we're going to have to ask him if he knows George uh, Lois or if George Lois sprayed his bear at any time. I don't know. Yes. <laughs> I'm sure we'll find out, though, won't we? Well, well yes, we will. On the advertising show. So uh, let's let's do Andy right now. Let's bring him on. Hi, this is Andy Borowitz for the advertising show. And now here's this week's feature from the Borowitz Report. 
Former Federal Emergency Management Agency Director Michael Brown said this past week that he had not yet made his New Year's resolutions for 2006, but he vowed to have them done by March 1st, at the very latest. Mr. Brown apologized for the delay at a Washington press conference that was originally called for 10 o'clock in the morning that was not actually held until 4 in the afternoon. The former FEMA chief, visibly embarrassed by not having made his New Year's resolutions in a timely fashion, said that he had been caught unawares by the change in the years. I turned on the TV and saw that ball dropping and it was like, holy cow, I'd better get on this, Mr. Brown said. Despite his delay in making his resolutions, Mr. Brown said he expects 2006 to be a big year for him and his new disaster preparedness consulting firm, adding, by the end of 2006, the name Michael Brown will be synonymous with disaster. At the White House, President Bush briefly commented on Mr. Brown's delay in making his New Year's resolutions, telling reporters, I'm sure, that whenever Brownie eventually makes them, you'll do a heck of a job. For his part, Mr. Brown gave reporters a sneak peek at his list of resolutions, saying that number one on the list would be getting things done sooner. And the number two was remember to buy more post-its. Elsewhere, legal experts called the trial of former Iraqi dictator Saddam Hussein the trial of the century, explaining that it would take at least that long to complete. This is Andy Borowitz, and this has been a special edition of the Borowitz Report from the Advertising Show. To read more reports or to receive daily email alerts, log on to borowitzreport.com. This is Andy Borowitz saying, keep it fake, baby. That old Michael Brown, he's still out there kicking. Yeah. And uh, raising a lot of cane, too, as well. So we Sugar hope he cane? has a good 2006. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Hey, uh, Brad, um, uh, this is from, uh, what is it, MediaWorks. Interesting. It says um, nearly half of the CMOs at Fortune 500 companies said they plan to increase their online advertising budgets by 30% this year. Hmm. So I don't know what the percentage is unless it says it here. Half says uh, 30. Uh, yeah, exactly. Hmm. In a survey conducted quarterly by TNS Media Intelligence, 100 CMOs were asked how they were planning to divide their ad dollars in 06. Results of the last survey, which was taken in November, were released in a, a court, uh, in a report. The CMOs said online advertising as a percentage of projected ad budgets, oh, here it is, has risen from 17% when the survey was conducted into September to 23% when they were questioned again in November. So interesting. That is interesting. And, you know, you talk about adding dollars. Here, McGraw-Hill just announced they're cutting 500 jobs, uh, and apparently the company has reiterated its expectation for a double-digit uh, percentage gain in full-year earnings. I think they call that save yourself to a profit. But in any event, uh, changes will include previously announced cuts at Business Week magazine and a consolidation of some back office functions. But, you know, yes, the magazine industry is, is dying a slow death, as the so is the newspaper industry. You know, it just wasn't that many years ago, Ray, that uh, major daily newspapers were so arrogant. They, they continued to increase their rates. We've talked about this here on the show. They sure. continue to increase their rates every year for advertisers, yet their market share was... Uh, being whittled away and they were losing market share every every year which i always thought you know when is an advertiser going to wake up to the fact that you know if you're losing market share mm-hmm. that the audience ratings call it whatever you want in sure. this case less readers were listening were reading the newspaper in our home market here uh in Houston, and yet they were increasing their rates. Well, the arrogant attitude was, you don't like what we're doing here? Create your own major daily newspaper, and nobody was competing with them because they right. couldn't because it's quite a, you know undertaking. Hearst Corporation happens to own the, the paper in our home market here in Houston. And 
it, you know, what's happening with the newspaper business now, last few years they haven't had those increases because the ad community stood up to them. I, su- I suspect uh, television, network television, is going to be uh, going the same uh, same route that we've seen uh, daily newspapers. But the days of arrogance mm-hmm. are over for the newspaper industry and not too short in coming, I should say. Well, arrogance in any industry is not a good thing. I agree. <laughs> it doesn't work. No. It just doesn't work. Especially if you're losing market share. You should have, you know, I, I don't know. I just never could get beyond the fact that, you know, how in the world? Well, the networks have been doing that, too. They keep increasing rates, yet mm-hmm. they're losing uh, total total audience. But it's, right. ca- it's called, you know, being the only game in town from a network standpoint. You want to reach what's left of large shares of, of people through uh, the television. The networks, uh, the four majors, uh, are, the, are the way that uh, the only way that's left to do that. Mm-hmm. Unless you want to buy every cable network on the on the channel. And, that you could know, be interesting. Yeah, it well. could be expensive. Uh, very much so. Yeah. I'm looking forward to uh, Wally Bregman. I'm curious. Where is he out of? Do you know where he's out uh, I haven't at? heard yet, but I'm curious about the title of his book, Spray, Spray the Bear. Spray the bear. Yeah. Sounds like, and then we set his hair on fire, kind of the same thing. <laughs> Phil Duesenberry's book, yeah. Something like that yeah. as well. So, uh-huh. Hey, want to remind you, too, uh, here at the Advertising Show, a great uh, place to go. It's uh, Schipple.com, S-C-H-I-P-U-L.com. For a program called Tendency, it's a web marketing tool is what it is. It allows you to customize your websites, and uh, Ed and his team do a great job for the advertising show as well. So go go check that out, uh, too. And look forward to uh, talking with Wally Bregman, author of Spray the Bear Reminiscence from the Golden Age of Advertising. Do we get any free samples of that? No, but if you're over the pay, uh, age of 40 or 50, I guess you may want to listen. You might get yourself mentioned. I don't know where Wally's been, but who knows? <laughs> We'll find out, won't we? Advertising Show is being brought to you by Advertising Age Magazine. You can visit them online at adage.com. Don't forget you can visit us online, too, theadvertisingshow.com. This is a Big Radio Midgets production.